hey guys welcome back to reality check with karen it is the 2nd of may 2021 and on this day 21 years ago i graced the world with my presence so a very happy birthday to me so today's podcast is going to be about me it's it's like a get to know your host session and i have divided it into two sections the first is based on the things i love the most in the world and they are music movies and books these three things make up who i am from the way i talk the the my opinions on certain things concerning life my imagination the things that go on in my head are a result of the music I listen to, the movies I watch, and the books I read. So I'm going to start with the first music. And I, I, for a long time, I have not had a favorite song. It's been so hard to pick because there are so many beautiful songs out there. So I'm going to describe my taste in music based on the artists I listen to. And I listen to a lot of artists. I listen to a lot of songs. I listen to all kinds of songs. From R&B to jazz, soul, pop, hip-hop, trap music. I listen to Afro beats. I listen to rock and roll. Just name it. I, I don't know an artist from every generation of music. But I know I have listened to at least one song from all kinds of musics so the first artist on my list is Khalid I remember listening to American Teen and just thinking to myself a lot of people um, knew Khalid from Young Dumb and Broke but I, I listened to him when he did when he sang American Teen and I just said to myself that this this man's voice is just beautiful I can easily say Khalid is my favorite artist. I I just sit down and I want to listen to music and I collect my connect my phone to a loudspeaker and his album is the first thing I go to and I start playing and I sing along when I can and it just it's just so soothing and comfortable and satisfying. Don't know what other words to use to describe the feeling I get from listening to Khalid. Another artist on my list is Bonner Boy. Bonner Boy is just is one of the most unique artists to ever come out of Nigeria. It he's one of those people that when a song comes on and it's his, you just know that this is Bonner Boy. Like even if you have not heard his song before and you hear a song from him, probably in a party or something. You don't assume it is someone else. You just instead you just ask like, who is this? And then someone is like, oh, it's Bernard Boy. And you're like, oh, okay, this is Bernard Boy. And then the next time you hear his song again, you don't mistake him for anyone else because no one can produce the sound that comes out of his mouth. He's just that good. He's that unique. The next artist on my list is Billie Eilish. Now bear in mind that this list is in no particular order of preference. Now, I have certain people 
whom I rate their taste in music. Like if they tell me to listen to a particular artist, I don't think twice. I don't feel like, oh, is this going to be any good? I listen to it and they never disappoint me. In 2019, a friend of mine was like, oh, have you listened to Billie Eilish? I said, no, who is that? And then he explained. And I'm like, no, I don't really think her music is my type of music. He said, just listen. And I listened to um, You Should See Me in a Crown. That was the first song I listened to. And I just knew that I was going to fall in love with this girl. And I did. And it was totally worth it. Her, her music is so good from her voice to the instruments, the beats, and her lyrics. Everything is just perfect. That is what I will use to describe her music. Perfect. The next artist on my list is Fowls. Now, I don't I don't always listen to Fowls. I don't listen to every Fowls song that comes out. But then you would wonder why he's on my list. Now, Moral Instruction is the first album I downloaded. The first Nigerian album I downloaded. Normally, I would just select a few songs from an artist's album, download the ones I hear, the ones I like, and that's it. But Moral Instruction, I, I downloaded every, I downloaded the entire album, listened to every song, and man, man dissected Nigeria and her problems. Nothing was exaggerated, nothing was understated, it was said the way it was, and it couldn't have been said any better. If you didn't know or if you don't know what exactly is going on wrong in the country, I suggest you download Moral Instruction, pay attention to the lyrics and then you would understand. The next artist on my list is Amine. Now, when it comes to when it comes to rap, I'm very I'm very skeptical, I'm very picky about the artists I listen to. Of course, there are a lot of great rappers like Eminem, J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, really brilliant people. But Amine is on my list because I I I can relate to some of the things he says. He's not some inspirational speaker or anything, but the things he says, I can relate to them. I can understand where he's coming from. And to me, that is that is good music. If I can understand, I can put myself in your shoes, then that is good music to me. Now, the artists I have mentioned so far, some of them I started listening to them as a teenager, some of them as an adult. My childhood choice of music, let's well, say it wasn't really a choice, but it was influenced by the fact that I had no choice. And one artist I know that I listened to as a child was P Square. Oh, sorry, two artists, P Square. To me, if I attended a birthday party and the DJ was not playing P Square, you would not. You won't get me to stand up from my seat to dance because what am I dancing to? To me, I'm like if you don't, if I don't hear busybody or do me playing in your speaker, I'm sorry, my dear, but I'm not standing up. I'm sitting down and I'm going to wait for them to share my food and I'll go home. And it was influenced by my my choice of choice of music as a child was influenced by my 
older sister my older cousins because back then the songs that were were being played in parties in gatherings during christmas whatever celebration was going on at home was all i knew and other artists i listened to as a child were don jazzy rihanna beyonce brandy like i said this this my choice of music was influenced by the adults around me you would be wondering why a 10 year old would be listening to brandy or beyonce not like i understood what they were talking about but i had an older sister who had a thing for pop who had a thing for black women in pop and i grew up listening to a lot of her song choices and then they were not bad i mean Beyonce is an icon. Beyonce is a queen. Rihanna is an icon. Brandy was amazing. Vocals and everything. So yeah, I think the music I listened to as a child helped shape my choice of music as an adult. The next thing, the next thing that makes me who I am, what I am, are the books I read. And I have read a lot of books. I can't remember some of them. Some I was too young to understand what the writer was talking about. So I have listed just a few that I'm going to talk about. The first one on the list also, this list is in no particular order of preference. First one on the list is Fireflies in December. This book is, is so important to me. I gave it out and I can't even remember who I gave it out to and it's, it's, it's so painful when I think about it. This is the first book I got for myself, not with my money, but for myself. It wasn't passed down to me from my older sister or my parents. It wasn't, I, I didn't, I didn't borrow it. It wasn't, I, nobody dashed me, let me put it that way. Nobody gave it to me and said, oh, keep it. I was in a bookshop. And I saw the book and I told my mom I wanted it and she paid for the book and I read it and I was so happy that I I chose to buy that book. Now, being African, I cannot say I have a first-hand experience. Being an African that lives in Africa, being a Nigerian that lives in Nigeria, having never left the country, I can't say I have a first-hand experience in what racism feels like. And before I read this book, I always used to think of racism as something something far away, something abstract, something that was just, I wouldn't say it was in the imagination, but something that wasn't so serious. And then I read this book about two friends, a black and a white girl. The black girl loses her parents in a fire, has to move in with her white friend and her parents. Her parents, who aren't racist, they know that, okay, our daughter has a black friend, a black best friend, and they were okay with it. They had no problems whatsoever, but they had to face prejudice from friends, extended family members, from even church members, and at some point, it became violent. They had to start fighting off mobs, people attacking their homes anonymously, and eventually, they overcame all those things and it was a kind of lesson to people to the society that whether 
irrespective of your race we are all human beings and we should be treated as such and i think that was that was that book opened my eyes to what racism really was and the dangers of racism and i'm so grateful for that book for for whoever wrote it i cannot remember the writer the next book on my list is divergent divergent is a trilogy but i am i am very obsessed with the first series of the book divergent i feel like no other words could have been used to describe the factions abnegation couldn't have been called selflessness and still have the same effect that is how i feel candor couldn't have been called honesty and still have the same effect i just feel like veronica roth really picked the right words to use to describe those factions and then the divergent if you look at it every single human being right now is divergent nobody is 100 percent dauntless or 100 percent selfless or honest or peaceful or intelligent everyone has every other thing in them you could be intelligent and brave and peaceful you could be brave and selfless and honest and i think that was what veronica was trying to tell us with that book normally i don't like reading sci-fi i prefer to watch it and understand what exactly is going on I don't like reading action. I prefer to watch it. But Divergent was an exception. Divergent is an exception. And till today, I am so in love with that book and the story. The next book on my list is Faceless. I read Faceless when I was 15 years old, in SS3. And... The little my the little things my 15-year-old mind could understand from that book was living on the streets was not easy. It wasn't cool like the way people make it sound like oh I came from the street. It was not at all. It was dangerous. Wake, going to bed and waking up every day. Going to bed without knowing whether you would wake up the next morning. Going to bed without having no idea what you would eat the next day. Going to bed without having no idea if you could even get money the next day. Those children who grew up in Sodom and Gomorrah in, in the book, they were, I, I just, I admire Fofo so much. Her courage, her, her wit is just unparalleled. And the writer of that book is, is brilliant. The book is brilliant. I just, now when I think about it, I cannot I cannot say that I understand I I can relate to the things that happened in the book. I cannot. But I can just imagine what people who live and sleep and wake up on the streets are going through. The next book on my list is The Secret Lives of Baba Segi's Wives. I I I so much love this book. I know that it is it's not it's, I don't think it was supposed to be funny but it gives me this comic relief the irony of the story there's Baba Segi he has four wives Yasegi Yatope Yafemi and Bolani his only educated wife who 
they thought was barren and there was so much hatred for her from two of his wives there was so much so much malice so much contentment so much bitterness just because she was educated i feel like the issue they had the problem they had with her was because she was educated and they felt like they could not easily manipulate her the way they wanted and then it turns out that she's actually not barren Babasegi is the one who has the problem he he's the impotent one and then comes the question who is the father of the nine children that he has with his three older wives the plot twist was just funny that is what i would say i was not expecting that when i read this book i was not expecting that at all and it was it was it was kind of let's say an eye-opener for some people who would see a situation like that and then begin to judge and be like oh okay and people did they felt like oh this your educated wife are you sure she has not done certain things and stuff like that and he was so proud to be the husband of a graduate even though he was so much more older than her and in the end Bolani left she had no hatred for him she left to figure out her life and start her career and all that and the book was somehow fulfilling that is what i would that's the word i would use to describe it it was fulfilling knowing that in the end everybody got what they deserved it was just fulfilling the next the last book on my list is half of a yellow sun now this is these are not all the books that i love but i can't list everything now growing up and hearing about the nigerian civil war to me it was like a it was like something you would tell children at night it was like i i never really understood the effect of war the 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 trauma that comes with war both on the soldiers and on the citizens i never really understood and even though I had watched a lot of war movies, when I read Chimamanda's Half of a Yellow Sun, even though it wasn't really about the war, but it was about a certain number of people during the war, I just, I just felt like if this is what happens during a war, I can, I can only imagine what. This is how she, this this is all she wrote in the book. I can only imagine what happened during the war, and <clears throat> excuse me, I love that book so much because it wasn't a fairy tale, it wasn't some um, happily ever after, it wasn't and everybody gets the love of their life and they live happily ever after kind of thing. I will never forgive Chimamanda for what happened to Kainene. I will never. I'm just. I'm, let me just put this out there. I will never. But I still love this book so much. The last part of this section of my podcast is movies. Just like books, I have watched a lot of movies. I cannot remember some. Some that I remember, I was too young to understand what they were about. So. I have made a list of a few movies that I love. 
I love a lot of movies, but I am just going to mention these. And they are very random. You would not even guess them. The first on my list is Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Now, I, I believe or I want to believe that everybody who has read or watched Harry Potter loves it. I have not heard anyone say they do not like Harry Potter or that it is not as good as people make it seem. It is it is it is one of the best best things that was ever created, Harry Potter. And the Order of the Phoenix was to me is my favorite part of the Harry Potter series. I love the way J.K. Rowling wrote the books in such a way that even if you didn't read the previous part, you would understand what was going on. You would understand the relationship between the characters. And the Order of the Phoenix was just amazing. From the fight between um, Voldemort and Dumbledore, I think this was the only part where they actually fought to Sirius Black's tragic death. That was the most painful thing that happened in this particular movie. And it was it was unexpected. For for those who watched the who read the book before watching the movie, they expected it. But to us who watched the movies first before reading the book, we did not expect it at all. We were heartbroken. Then the next movie on my list is Avengers Endgame. It's it might sound cliche to some, but this movie is I, I am I am very sentimental towards this movie because it is the first movie I ever watched in a cinema. I I am a sucker for Marvel movies. And then I had never been to a cinema and I heard that Endgame was about to be released and I just told myself, okay you're going to watch Endgame in a cinema and I did and I have no regrets it was the feeling was amazing my favorite scene in Endgame and I feel it is also some people's favorite scenes is when Captain America picked up Thor's hammer Nobody expected that. Nobody even had any idea that Marvel was going to surprise us with that. But they did. And the feeling, the the feeling was glorious. I will use that word. It was glorious. The next movie on my list is Maleficent. Now, growing up, my, my, my childhood movies were Disney, Barbie, Cartoon Network, Boomerang. And then probably some um, musicals here and there, um, like Sound of Music, Sister Act, High School Musical, and all that. I I never really liked Sleeping Beauty. I felt like for the movie to be about her, I'm talking about the 1959 Sleeping Beauty, for it to be about her, she was pretty much useless in it. And then Maleficent was released and I just fell in love with the movie. I fell in love with the character. I am a big fan of Angelina Jolie and I honestly feel like no other person could have acted, should, could have brought Maleficent to life better than she did. And I am so grateful for, to her for that. The next movie on my list is Aladdin. There was, there was this picture I used to see when I was in primary school. Of the five main Disney princesses, I'm talking Cinderella, Belle, Snow White, Jasmine, and Aurora. 
and I always used to tell my friends about how Jasmine, how pretty Jasmine was. I would always, anytime I see the picture, I'll be like, who is the finest to you? And then some will say, oh, Cinderella, some will say, Belle. And I'll be like, no, Jasmine is the prettiest. Like, can't you see? Until today, I still think Jasmine is the prettiest Disney princess. I loved Aladdin so much. The love story was not cliche. It was not exactly cliche. Street urchin falls in love with the princess, gets a magical genie to give him, grant him a wish, turns into something he isn't, only to later realize that she could love him. She loved him for who he was, not who he was pretending to be. And then after defeating their enemy, they had their happily ever after. It is so satisfying for hopeless romantics like us. Next movie on my list is Forbidden Kingdom. Like I said, the movies on my list are very random. Now, someone would ask why Forbidden Kingdom is on my is on my list. I've heard a lot of people say that the movie is average. To me, it isn't. I watched a lot of Jackie Chan movies as a child, from Snake in the Eagle Shadow to Police Story to Mr. Nice Guy, Who Am I, Rush R. And I always wanted to see Jackie Chan and Jet Li in a movie fighting against each other. Or at least just, I just wanted to see them fight each other. I don't know why, I just wanted to see it. And then Forbidden Kingdom came and gave me that. That is why it is on my list. The fact that they had two legendary actors in the movie fight each other just it had to make it to my list so yes the story may have may not have been that great may not have been that epic but just the fact that it had those two people and they gave me what i wanted to see they made my dream come true my dream of seeing jackie chan and gently fight each other that is why that movie made it to my list the last movie on my list is avatar the last airbender this is one cartoon that i can watch over and over again like i could just stay and be like oh what am i going to watch avatar i i never get tired of it it never gets old i love every feeling i think the the most ecstatic feeling i got from avatar was when tough metal bended for the first time when her parents sent those two guys to kidnap her and she was in the cage the metal cage and then she began to feel the earth in the metal and she bended her way out it was it was one of those moments one of those feelings you get from a movie where you know that this is not going to happen again something like this isn't going to happen again and yes it was just glorious and that concludes the first section of my podcast like i said this podcast is going to be about me now the second section is going to be about childhood memories the happy ones the painful ones the sad ones the cringeworthy ones i don't remember a lot of things from my early childhood but i know one thing that was very destructive like my mom would go out to the market to wherever to a meeting come back and i would have broken or spoiled something and at some point she got tired of flogging of shouting so she just expected that okay when i come back home 
this girl would have destroyed something there was this fateful day now my mom had this rule if you come back from school go to your house first enter the house first take off your uniforms beat eat then you can go out and play with your cousins and that was one rule i never broke because i know that it would pay me after everything at the end i would still get to go out and play so it, it paid me but on this particular day we came back from school we were always going to go in and come back from school with our cousins my brother and i so we came back from school we went to our cousin's house it was just very close to ours went to our cousin's house we sat down there and we were watching tv and two hours passed apparently my mom was sleeping inside and she came out and called us and we we're like oh you people are back and i did not sense the danger that was awaiting us i didn't see it in her face she had this very very perfect smile i should have known something was wrong not like i'd be able to do anything about it but i should have known and then she's like oh go inside and then we went inside we're jumpy and everything taking off our uniforms and then she she sits down and she brings out the cane from the back of the couch and then she says how many times have i told you that when you come back from school you should enter your house first and i just knew that we were dead and i do this thing where whenever i'm in a difficult situation i start to think of excuses i did it a lot as a child not necessarily lies but excuses and then the next thing i said was oh i thought you were sleeping i just i just the moment it came out of my mouth i just knew that i shouldn't have said it i just knew that i was dead and then she goes oh really okay both of you should lie down on the floor. He laid down on our stomach. And now my mom, whenever she wants to flog me and my brother, she doesn't she doesn't like to flog us one by one. She, she didn't like to do that. She liked to flog us at the same time. So to save her the energy. So she asked us to lie down. We did. And then she flogged us. The cane was long enough to reach both of us. So we were close to each other, lying on our stomach. And for the for the strokes to be evenly distributed she flogged half from one person's side and then went to the other person's side and flogged the remaining half it was insane and then after that after she's done flogging you then you go about your normal daily activities washing your plates washing your uniform you're crying but you're doing it feel free to cry don't scream cry she doesn't expect you to scream of course that's that's the normal nigerian mob they don't expect you to scream no just cry but carry on with your normal activity do not let it stop you from doing what you're supposed to do if not you're in for another beating that that's i can never forget that day i can't forget it and then in school I was I was a completely different person. I was this now that I think about it I was a bully from from my primary school down to GSS3. I was a bully. I it didn't occur to me back then because to me it was just play even though my play wasn't appreciated. But now that I think about it I know I was a bully. And then there was this particular day in GSS3 I was having an argument with the girl in my class. 
she was she was bigger than me taller than me but i was still trying to shut her up i was trying to make her feel like her opinion was not important or needed and she beat me she beats the living hell out of me like i don't think i've ever received a bit like apart from at home where my mom uses cane or a belt or a hanger or a stick she used her hands and she beats me this girl and then when she was done after a few min- minutes she came back and stayed apologizing that she's sorry and i was just crying like it was so embarrassing and then after that day i made a mental note to not be violent or abusive again i became an advocate for assertiveness like nobody told me my 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 motto became um be assertive state your views without being violent this i i i wrote it down nobody had to tell me that from now i had to renounce violence because i received the beating of my life that is that that's one of the things i will never forget that day because it was so it was so embarrassing now there was this this particular day i cannot remember what exactly i did but i offended my aunt and i did something she told me to not do i don't know why i did it i i i wouldn't say i was trying to test her because i know that she could beat me i just wanted to do it and then she's like oh i told you not to do this and you did it okay go inside your mom's room and bring her cane and i'm like uh-uh. why would my mom allow this woman to flog me and i went and like mommy auntie priscilla said that i should bring cane so she'll flog me and I was expecting my mom to go out and be like, ah, what did she do? Oh, sorry. Or let her just kneel down. And my mom goes, eh, okay, the cane is under the bed, take it. I felt this strong sense of betrayal. Like, it's something my mom would do, but I still felt betrayed. I don't know what I was expecting if she would fight for me, but I felt betrayed. And then I slowly bend down and take the cane and I'm walking out of the door slowly. And my mom goes, ah, please do fast and close the door. Mosquitoes will enter. And I just knew that I was done for. So I just walked down to my aunt like somebody who was working for execution, walking towards execution. And I hold up my hand and I collect six strokes of cane, six very painful strokes, mind you. The, the women in my family knew how to flog. They knew how to use their cane very well. And then after that, I, I don't know, the moments between me walking towards my aunt and she flogging me, I was still expecting my mother to walk out of her room and be like, ah, what did she do? Oh yeah, sorry. Even down to when I collected the sixth stroke, I was still waiting for that woman to come out and be like, what did she do? Ah, please don't flog her. But she never did. Instead, she just waited for me to return her king after crying. And I don't think I've ever been more betrayed than that. Of course, I've, I have I've, I've, I've forgiven. But I've not forgotten. I don't hold any grudges, but I have not forgotten. It's, it is so painful. When I think about it now, um, I've, of course, I've changed. I am no longer a bully. I'm no longer destructive. I'm not. I'm not that child that w- that would 
um, expect people to keep quiet if I said something abusive or disrespectful. I value people's opinions now. And if there's one thing I'm, I'm grateful for, one thing that has been constant in my life, all my 21 years of existence is change. I'm grateful for change. I'm grateful for growth and development because it has made me who I am. It has shaped my my views on certain things in life. It has shaped my opinions. And I feel like everybody should try to adapt positive changes. Everybody should try to develop themselves physically mentally emotionally do not be stuck living a particular kind of life forever i i i don't i don't think anyone would would appreciate other people in their life moving on and they are still remaining where they are so i just want to tell you guys to keep growing keep developing yourselves because at some point you'd come to appreciate it the way i am appreciating it today thank you for tuning in to my podcast this is reality check with karen i am your host karen and it has been a wonderful 21 years of existence